Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help attract and retain that top talent, we can help. Check us out to book a free consultation and create a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. We're back again, Al. Super excited. Podcast Friday. Here we are. What's going on in Al's world these days? Well, it's all good. Always busy, of course. And again, always excited about meeting some new people. And we've got some special guests today and a little bit of a team combo to talk to. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Super excited because this is the very first father and daughter podcast we've ever done. So I can't wait for this intro. So let's jump into it. Our guests today are Kaylee and Ed Gibbs from Gibbs and Pool and Landscape Creations. And, you know, living in Mississauga, I have known about these folks for a long time. And a good friend of ours, Brittany Byros, introduced us. And I'm very excited to have them on the show They're a third generation company. They are an industry leading pool company that has perfected the art of building swimming pools and spas. They have been committed to excellence, creativity, quality, and customer satisfaction for over 50 years. Now, here's the cool part. They've built in the United Arab Emirates, the South of France, the Caribbean, near and dear to my heart, and throughout Canada. Their mission is to deliver their clients' dreams. Ah, I love that so much. Welcome to the show, Kaylee and Ed. Thanks for having us. We're really glad to be here today. Thank you. Well, we were talking at the top before we hit recording. And, and when we first meet someone, we call them chemistry calls, just because you you want to you know see if there's a, you know chemistry there and have a conversation. And we hit it off, Kaylee, you and I, right from the get-go. And I just think it's such a fascinating business. But I want to talk, because we've never talked to someone about the pool business. So why don't we start there? Like, how did you end up here? Like, how do you end up in the pool business anyway? Well, I think for myself, I think I was conceived in a pool. And uh, so I think it goes right back to the very beginning, the guppy. (laughs) That was the genesis. So my dad started in the pool business in the late 50s, early 60s. And I was born in the mid 60s. And when I saw my dad making all these people happy, I thought, wow, he is the best job ever. I have friends who are Dads did other various things, but my dad did the coolest thing. He built pools and made people happy. So for me, it was like, of course, this is what I want to do. And if you remember the Remington commercial, you loved it so much you bought it. That's exactly what I did. And so I started in 1980 through high school and university, and I loved what I did. And I loved that I could spend time with my dad. I think that was the coolest part. I'm the youngest to seven. So by the time the seventh kid is, it's like, you know, whatever, go play on the highway, get lost, whatever. And so my parents weren't around a lot. So the way I could spend time with my dad, especially, was in the business. So that's why I am where I am. 
There's so much to unpack there. And I know you say that, you know, we're, we're laughing about it. You're conceived in a pool, but I think back to some of my favorite memories and I remember my dad, I was very young. So I think I was probably conceived in a pool as well, but I remember my dad, I can only imagine the neighbors and we had since moved from that house, but we had a pool and, and I remember dad going and doing skinny dipping. Yeah. And so when you said about being conceived in a pool and I thought, okay, yeah, that's probably what happened for me. But the other part that really jumped out at me was you saw how happy it made people. And on my initial call with Kaylee, I talked to her about, I remember being that young kid and my brother and sister were six and seven years older than me. And the amount of fun we had in that pool growing up. And to this day, it's some of my favorite memories. And I knew I was having you guys on the podcast. So last week I was out with my mom for dinner and, you know, my dad's gone now, but my mom's still around and and she's 81. And I said, Hey, remember the pool that we had and my mom coming from England, she had never learned how to swim. So she was always the one outside of the pool. And I don't know if you'll remember these things, maybe they still have them for pools today, but there were these hula hoops that you could put in the water and, you know, for fun, you could swim, you know, And I remember my mom would get me those and I'd swim through them. And then just for fun, I'd sit at the bottom of the pool and she'd be slapping the top of the pool, you know, because she couldn't come in and get me. And I thought, but it just brought back such memories. So when I read that, you know, your mission to deliver your client's dreams, I just thought that's what I had. Like, here I am 53 years old, remembering when I was, you know, four five and six, because I was in the pool pretty much since birth, like very early on. So I love that that's one of the reasons why you're attracted to the business. Kaylee, what about you? What's it like working with dad? Like, was this just the default that you're going into this business? Or, you know, was this your dream as a kid? Or tell us about that. I have a very similar story because at the time when I was growing up, my dad was really scaling the business and growing it to what it is today. So my dad was always at work. The only time I could see my dad was if we were going to the office or spending time together in a work capacity. So I have memories with my younger brother, Connor, driving to the office on Saturdays and Sundays and going to work with dad. And we would hang out at the office and probably destroy all of the pens and all of the pencils because we would be drawing and designing our own pools. We just absolutely loved being there. It was really second nature to us. But similarly, we also grew up in a swimming pool. So all my memories are with my brother in the pool and with friends. And so for me, I feel like a pool, it's tried, tested, and true. I really know firsthand the joy that it brings to family life. And so for me, it was so exciting to be a part of that and really to spend time with my dad and my grandfather. I got to work with my grandpa for a number of years, which was really exciting. He's since passed but I got to have some quality time and get to know my grandpa in a different way, actually. It wasn't just your cuddly grandpa at the cottage. It was grandpa in the workforce and sharing an office at one point with him. It was really fun and it was great for him to see me in a different capacity and joining his legacy. Beyond that, this will be my 15th year this June. I started working in the business before high school. So I just loved it from day one and throughout my educational journey, always felt a magnetic pull back to the business. And I love being with my dad and my brother. It's so special working in a family business. I think sometimes I get looks like, is it really? (laughs) Is it really that awesome working with your family? It really is. I absolutely love it. And I just feel so fortunate and blessed to have that opportunity because so many of my friends that are working professionals, it's really difficult to spend time with your family as you get older. You have friends, you have your own family, your 
you're creating. You have your career, you have travel, life pulls you in so many different directions. And to be able to say that I see my brother and my dad every single day, that's pretty awesome. So for everyone who is just listening, you won't be able to see the video, but your smiles and your joy and your happiness is like literally just beaming through right now. So it can't be by accident. You've talked about how fun a place this is to work in. And I'm obviously getting those vibes. Like, tell us a little bit about the family run business. Tell us about the culture. Sounds like everyone who works here must have a great time. If I could go first, I think as far as their culture is concerned, it surrounds the nucleus of the family. Our whole mission is to deliver our clients' dreams. And that is about delivering happiness to that family. But it always starts from within. And I always refer to putting the oxygen mask on first. We have to help our own employees first be the best that they can be before we can help clients. So it's about looking after your family, making sure your brothers and sisters, kind of the military style of looking after each other and going to war together. Sometimes it's war when when you're working, as you can imagine. But the point is that you look after each other holistically and you make sure that you're armed effectively, mentally, emotionally, that you can go out in the work and do the job that's needed for your clients. I think often that's missed in the world. When you look at labor strikes and labor issues, it's usually them and us versus we. And our big part of our company is we and we together. I like the term one tribe, and that's what we use a lot around our company. The world is so divisive. Canada is right now so divisive. Everyone is against each other, it appears. And for us, we always start every meeting with one tribe. And that's one of the most important, I think, elements that we're all in this together. And we have so many different cultures, so many different religions, and on and on and on. And that's what makes us so special, but one tribe. We also have clearly defined core values. And what we did is we surveyed the whole company and really said, what are our core values? Let's not just say these are our core values. Everyone has to live by them. It's really, let's assess what our values are as an organization. What do we really stand for? What do we believe? What unites us? What do we have in common? Where's our level of alignment? And so that has been an effective way to really continue to have the conversation about what we value and how we can bring that forward in our office space, but also to our clients. Yeah. So the core values has also been a huge part of it. I would say my assessment on where our culture comes from is really that I would say family as well, being on the forefront of everything. We know about each other's families. We take the time to get to know each other in such a personal way. And that's done through a few ways. One at our head office, we have a kitchen. And so not many people know this, but in the heart of our office, we have built a very beautiful kitchen that has seating for everyone and the company stocks and pays for groceries and food and for someone to come in and prepare meals for us. And this brings us all together in a community. We share lunch together. We spend time together. From an employee perspective, there's an advantage because there's an opportunity to save money instead of going out for lunch and things like that. But also it brings us together allows healthier options and gets us talking outside of the workplace. 
Another way through that is really our level of investment in having offsite community events such as sunrise breakfasts and luncheons and different holiday events and retreats. There's tons of, we make a lot of investment to spend time together outside of work as well as in work and really getting to know each other in a personal way, which allows you to understand each other's personalities, understand each other's struggles, our victories. What are you doing outside of the workplace? What really is your passion outside of work? And it really creates a super nice dynamic between the team. It's about effort. You have to have an effort by employers to make sure that an effort to keep you together and keep you united and looking after each other is an effort. And a family is an effort. You have to make an effort to say, Sunday, we're having dinners or whatever it might be. Otherwise, it gets discombobulated. And I think that culture aspect for us is it's a huge win. I'd say the last thing that really comes to mind when I think about our company culture is the tenure. So we have an average tenure of 12 years at Gibson, which is pretty unbelievable considering we have 160 employees. So there are a lot of employees that are over 30 years, over 20 years, over 25 years, 15 years. So people really see it as a place to call home. They don't see it as a job. They see it as a career. And I think that's really motivating, especially for the next generation. I'll call myself the next generation. Those folks that are around my age, really, we kind of float around a little bit. And I think that's just the dynamic of our generation. But it's nice to see that there's a place where you can grow, where there's opportunity and you really just want to stay with people that you like. It's kind of like sales. You buy from people you trust and people you like. And I think you stay in companies that you trust with people that you like. I'm really glad, Ed, that you, the thing that I noticed or the thing that I focused on was you said effort. It sounds like you've got a great culture and it's not by accident. Right. You've put the effort in, you've created this environment where you've included everyone. I love that you mentioned your values. We have what we call our guiding principles, but it's the same idea, right? And you've put some thought into it and you've made an effort to make everyone feel included and make everyone feel, well, as you say, in the tribe. So that's great. Yeah. One tribe. One tribe. We always do this. One tribe. (laughs) I'm sitting here listening to the both of you, and I'm so glad because this series, which is now the actual podcast, Success Leaves Clues, it was an experiment. We did one episode because Al and I thought, well, we know a lot of people who probably have some clues to share. And as I'm listening to Ed, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's that's gold. That's gold. Like for me even, right? And so I know the audience is going to get something great out of it too. And then Kaylee, you start down that path. So there's so much there. But again, as Al said, like, I love the effort that's put into it, the proof that like, if you want this, you got to put effort into it. But the slap, the high five you just gave each other, the one tribe, and Al and I were talking about this this morning, because all us included, a lot of companies are struggling with how do you maintain that corporate culture? And the fact that you've invested to have a kitchen and people can sit around and break bread together. I mean, that's one of those things where you're not going to get to develop that relationship unless you're doing those types of things. So I think out of that one answer, I think there's going to be a heck of a lot of clues for Al and I included. So we'll probably want to pick your brains after that too. But there's a lot of great stuff there. So thank you for sharing that because it looks like to me, you're doing a lot of things right. And I think you're going to hear feedback from other people, maybe want to pick your brain and say, hey, what about this? Because I think you've you've obviously done a great job on that. One of the things that 
at our business partners meeting last year, Al had come to us on our financial and estate planning side of the business that was very important to him and, and subsequently important to us was the idea of charitable giving. That's something that we're set up on the on the life and legacy side to be able to facilitate for our clients and help people do that on a tax-effective basis. But I know you're involved in that as well. So can we talk, or you can talk a little bit about philanthropy and, and why it's on your radar, and then maybe even further expand on what foundations are you supporting today and, and why? I think for our perspective, it's just such a natural to give back to a community that is so, so supportive of us. When you have a community that have supported you for over 50 years, and you have to live by what you say, we're in the health and wellness industry. A lot of people say, no, you're in the pool business. No, no, we're in the health and wellness. And you have to propagate that at every corner. And part of that is giving to your employees, of course, giving to your clients, of course. But it's also about outside of that. And outside of that is the bigger community that we represent. And so for us, it was a natural to give, obviously, through my church, which I give since I was very little and still support, which was very on a micro. But on a macro, it was outside of my religion and outside of my church. Who do we give to and what should we do? So as our team and as our company evolved, we looked at our core values and we looked at what's important and what should be important to us and important to the community. And one, which Kaylee will talk about in a moment, is the David Foster Foundation. That's about giving to the most vulnerable, which are children. Children that have issues with regard to organ transplant, they didn't ask for that. They didn't cause that. It just happened. And when you're dealt a card from God, you have to somehow respond to that. And many people are helpless. So when you have a David Foster Foundation, which is so aligned with their core values to ours, it was just a hi-fi moment that was, we have to be part of this. And Kelly can talk a little bit more. Yeah, so it's an amazing foundation that helps families that have very sick children with travel expenses and coordinating surgeries and transplants. And they had a gala a year ago, April. So in April, 2021, they had a gala where we donated a swimming pool. And that was really exciting. So to see that being auctioned off and to know that over $100,000 was going to such a deserving cause was really rewarding. So that was really exciting. And we continue to provide funds to the David Foster Foundation and be a part of it. And we're really glad to be a part of it. Beyond that, we also give back to our community in a lot of different ways. So we also sponsor swim meets. We are the title sponsor, I believe it's the fourth or fifth year year. for the Toronto Catholic District School Board. It's taking place in June, and they project that there is going to be, I believe, over 3,000 attendees. So that is really also a huge level of alignment for us, given that it's swimming and teaching kids how to swim, which is super critical and important and completely what we do and the purpose of our work. And And it saves lives. I mean, if you can teach someone to swim, you're saving a life. And we live in a country with the most fresh water in the world, over 3 million lakes. Everywhere you turn is a lake, river, or stream, or swimming pool. You got to be in every backyard. <laughs> and people have to learn to swim. But when you can swim, family time, the best family time is in that film strip of life is around your pool or around water. And so we like to refer to our swimming pools as waterfront property in your own backyard because what it can bring. And when we aligned ourselves with the David Foster Foundation, when we aligned ourselves with the swim meet, it has to be about what we do and what we can expertly bring to the table. 
Another is the Princess so, Margaret. Yeah, the Princess Margaret Home Lottery. We're the pool builder for the Princess Margaret Home Lottery show home, their grand show home that's done each year. So we've built several projects for them. And most of that's donated. And most of that is donated as well. And back to the swim meets, through our North American association called the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance, they have a program called Step Into Swim, which we also contribute to. And what the purpose of this is, is there's it's actually run or managed by someone named named Rowdy Gaines, who is a U.S. gold medal Olympian. And he runs this program. And basically what it does is bring swimming lessons to low-income communities or communities where it may be unaffordable to take swimming lessons or maybe not as accessible. So we also participate with that. And to all of us at our company, we have a huge level of value in this because what happens is in the city of Toronto, especially, there are such crazy fencing bylaws. And really, it bothers us, not from a design perspective, Perspective, but mostly from a swimming perspective in the sense that that gate can be propped open. The solution to prevent drowning is not fencing. It's teaching kids how to swim. Yep. And we truly fundamentally believe here at Gibson that we can make an impact with that because teaching kids to swim prevents drowning. And it's really a life skill. And it's something that every kid should have accessibility to. And we feel that our country really should have it as part of the curriculum more effectively. Really, everyone should know how to swim. Well, Plato said it best, if you could read, write, and swim, you were considered a learned person. And that's something that today gets missed about swimming. Swimming in our public schools and private schools is, is almost non-existent. And that is a fundamental right as being a citizen is to learn how to swim, in my opinion. And one of the best things my parents ever did, because we already had a pool when I arrived, I'd have to check with them, but I think it was as early as three that I was yep. in the water. And here we are in my fifth decade. And I've never questioned my safety in water because I was a very accomplished swimmer, whether it's swimming in a pool or swimming. And I can't imagine because I know when I go on vacation, there are people that you can see they're just not comfortable. And it's such a shame that they didn't learn as a child and become comfortable. But I want to go back. I've been holding this because I want to go back because I think it's so important what you said, Kaylee. You know, you had mentioned the joy that comes with being with your family and being around a pool. And I know walking around my neighborhood, there's quite a few pools in my neighborhood because it's a very established, you know, older neighborhood. And that's exactly what you'll hear. Whether it's mom and dad and the kids or what's that next generation, the grandparents are over and you hear the shrieks of laughter and that's the word. It's joy, right? That that brings. And it's so nice that it brings friends and family together. I love what you're doing. So I got a little bit off topic, but I love what you're doing, the foundations that you're supporting and, and how you're using the business to do that. Al and I, Al, I mean, I know that's your world, but I'll let you talk about that a little bit, why it's important to us as well. But we were trying to use our services for good too. And I really give you kudos for saying, hey, here's where we are. Yes, we can give money, but what else can we do to support people who might not have that opportunity to learn how to swim and that sort of thing? So Al, I don't know if you added anything on the philanthropy side, because I know that's your baby and what you've brought to life and legacy as well. Well, I wanted to, again, get back into the joy that I see and the passion that is coming through from both of you. I mean, it's very obvious that you love what you do. So I wanted to take that a little bit further. And like, can you talk a little bit about, out of all the obvious joyful moments in your business, is there some that stand out for you or some projects that you have that stand above the rest? Oh my gosh, there's so many. 
I think the remote builds are pretty cool. We built one on an island, St. Martin, and we built right on the coral reef, right on the Caribbean Sea. And the Queen Mary, too, would go by every week and we'd wave at it as, as it went by. I think that was pretty amazing. And this was a 5,000 square foot pool with gold leaf tile and on and on and on for this Turkish billionaire. That was really cool. And I think if you ever go to St. Martin, you leave and you're on the right side of the plane, the plane takes off and cuts to the right and you can actually see that pool. So that's pretty cool. Another one we built in the United Arab Emirates, we built for the Royal Family on the landmark building on the 68th floor. And it's open ceiling from the 68th floor up five stories. So you see the stars. And in the pool, we had 500 LED lights put in the floor. So it actually looks like a reflection of the stars. And you look at the Gulf of Oman and Iran is in the far distance. I mean, that is so cool. It's pretty amazing. The other one that we did in Toronto, well, not Toronto, but up in Muskoka, we built on an island in the middle of Georgian Bay. And we did this for, at the time, Peter Monk, who is no longer with us, which was a phenomenal philanthropic person, by the way, and a great human being and a wonderful family. And we built on an island in Georgian Bay. And how cool was that? We had to barge equipment over and we had to go through an Indian reserve that we had to work with and on and on and on. That was amazing. And for all the projects within Toronto, but the, TIFF. the TIFF, the Toronto Film Festival, that was cool. They came to us and said, we want water to rain two stories down. It's like, you know, I don't know how that's ever going to happen, but we're going to do it. And all the celebrities that stay there. And, and yeah, TIFF was an amazing there's just so many. I, I don't know if I could uh, even Saint describe Kitts all. Was also yeah, the St. Kitts Marriott we built, which was huge pools that we built. And that was an amazing project built by a Canadian who funded it all, a fellow by the name of Vic Dezen, who owned Royal Plastics. He's an incredible and smart human being, but he gave us a lot of latitude in that build. And that was an amazing, amazing project. That's just to name a few. Funny, the dynamics, right? Because we're very similar, actually. People say that I'm the female version of my dad. So we have the same smile and we're very similar personality-wise. But it's really funny when you're asked a question and you sort of go two different directions, which is pretty cool. So the things that came to mind for me would be top 50. So you might be like, what's top 50? Well, there's a magazine in North America called Pool and Spa News, and they basically rank the top 50 builders in North America annually. And they do top 50 builders and top 50 service. So there's two different publications that they create. And basically you're nominated and then you fill out a whole questionnaire, tons of information. You have to basically prove through third-party validation that you're doing what you say you're doing. And so we have been the top 50 builder and servicer for several years now, and the only Canadian top 50 builder, which is super awesome and exciting and a testament to what we're doing. But last year we were ranked second. So that was pretty awesome. We were really excited. There was a big team celebration, that's for sure. Yeah. So that definitely stands out as an amazing time where we yeah. were just so excited. And it just really was a pat on the back that we're doing the right things. And another thing that comes to mind is actually during the pandemic, not to go back to philanthropy, but 
in a sense, we actually supported a local restaurant. Oh, Dundas Street. So it's a restaurant that we've been going to literally since before I was born. My parents had first dates at this restaurant. So (laughs) before my brother and I were even in existence, my parents have been going here and it's been a regular place for our family. And during the pandemic, we'd be going there for breakfast or lunch. And they mentioned how it's a really tough time and they might have to close. Exactly. Because they couldn't have any customers coming in and there was so much construction going Going on along Dundas at this particular time that no one could really get into their parking lot. It was kind of awkward. And so we basically came together as a company and a team and said, how can we help them? And so we were buying, I believe it was 300 meals a week for three months plus, and we still are buying from them. We, yeah, we donated them to first responders, women's shelters, our team and churches, uh, local churches. And so we were donating meals just to keep them busy. And so we ended up on CTV news. So that was really cool. When we saw our company website and they mentioned our company name on CTV news, I was really excited. So importantly, they mentioned the Dundas street grill. That too. They mentioned the Dundas street grill and which gave them further exposure. And it was nice to see a positive thing on the news because we don't get to see that very often. So it was nice to talk about community, not have to see numbers for a day or for a moment. At least we weren't looking at the numbers. We were looking at positive community affiliations. And so that was definitely a really cool moment just to see, wow, we're really doing awesome stuff. And it's great to see us all united and such a difficult time too. Yeah. Well, this just continues to get better. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving this conversation. So your business that you've built, obviously a family business that you started out, you just talked about some amazing projects that you've done in some amazing places. I can't even imagine the logistics that must have gone into some of these projects based on scale, based on location. How did you get from you know there to here? And I don't mean location-wise, I've been in the business. Like, how did it build up? Like, talk about maybe some of your best decisions that you've made and how you got to where you are now. One word, hunger. When you're hungry, you're going to get what you need to get done. And I think from our standpoint, when I started as a youngster, we had a very small company, but I could always see down the road. Even to today, when we talk in our meetings, we structured around the next 50 years. Not about today, not about last week, but the next 50 years. And how are you going to prepare effectively for that? Having next gen, third gen, and all of the other components that you need to get forward. So we, as an organization, are number one, I would say, tactic we took and strategy was around education. Even for Kaylee and Connor, they had to get their university degree. They had to get post degrees in order to work within the business. Of course, they worked for many, many years within the business, but we had to have them established with a proper foundation of education. Internally within our business, we support and have paid for engineering degrees, masters in pool design degrees, and all kinds of levels of education, because fundamentally that's the foundation that makes us strong. We added to that ISO, a systems-based organization. So we have four levels of ISO. I know I'm excited about ISO, but I am excited. (laughs) We have quality management system. We have health and safety. We have environmental and we have system security. And that may sound dry, 
But the reality is we're making sure and ensuring that the quality of our products and services, looking after the men and women delivering those quality products and services, making sure that our environmental footprint, and of course, information security and the world that we live today, we take that on very seriously from a client, from a contractor, and from an employee perspective. Those are key pillars, if you will, to where we are today. You know, you brought up something, you talk about ISO and it's dry. In our world, it's compliance, but it sounds very much like rather than trying to fight it, you've embraced it and you've included it to make it part of your business and make your business stronger, which I love because again, in our world, you know, we can fight against compliance, but it's an uphill battle or we can embrace it, make it part of our business and make it a better experience for our clients. And that's what you've done. Our terminology, we're getting better at getting better. And that key phrase differentiates us everywhere in the marketplace. When you're proactively wanting to be better than yesterday on an ongoing basis, all of a sudden these doors of opportunity open up and you become very attractive to talent because talent is attracted to talent. And you can only be powerful in that particular sense if you foundationally are having what you need to move it forward. There's so many companies that go out and say that anyone can build a pool, by the way, but doing it correctly and doing it for the long term are two different things. And we don't build pools anyway. We really don't. We build happiness. And that is something that is so different than anywhere else. And our team, really, I would love and invite you to come to our office. I'd like you to come and see what we actually do in person because the proof is in the pudding. And when you have a team that really looks at your mission, your vision, and your value statement and core values and make it part of their life, everything opens up. I mean, we went from a company of doing less than a million dollars to doing over 32 million. That doesn't happen because you just are there. (laughs) It happens because of effort, commitment, discipline, honesty, integrity, trust. I mean, that community support, that's what we're all about. You're speaking our language because me, Al, and Joe, my other business partner, these are the conversations that we're having as we continue to grow our company. And you brought up St. Martin, so it brought back a great memory. And you know, you said that was a special project. Well, I also shared a special project in St. Martin many, many years ago on the Dutch side. And I was sitting with my girlfriend at the time at the Great Bay Beach Resort, which unfortunately got wiped out by a hurricane. There was plans of rebuilding and then it got sold to Planet Hollywood. Nothing has started yet. So I do hope they build back in the Great Bay eventually one day. But I remember sitting there and I took a ring out of my pocket and I asked that girl to marry me. So we talk about wow. some of the best decisions in life. It wasn't a business decision, but it was a great decision. And to this day, she is my partner in life. So when you brought up St. Martin, it just brought up that great memories because I have such a long history with that island and uh, just such a great space. Moving forward, where do you see your business going in the future? Like, what's the plan? I mean, at some point, Ed, I would imagine you'll say, hey, like my dad did, I'm going to hang up the skates and the next generation, where do you see things going? And maybe this is a question more for Kaylee. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. Well, everything is in the planning. And even our mission statement is to deliver our clients' dreams by planning. And so if you see on our website or throughout our office, we always add on by planning. I'm a big planner. My little catchphrase is, Dreams don't come true, plans do. And we have to plan. We look at RSPs, when we look at our savings plans and on and on and on, it's about planning. And effective, proper planning makes a world of difference in everything that happens in life. 
everything has to have purpose and be purposeful based on planning. So for us, we're already starting the secession planning. And part of that is me looking at what am I going to do for the next 10 years, which I have a strategic plan already laid out of how I will be reducing my workload, moving it on to Kaylee as things are happening. Kaylee will be the next president of Gibson. She is also making sure that we're setting up for success in everything that we do. She's working with the CEO coach. She's making sure that she will develop this over several years. She's working with other different programs. She's on several boards of directors, which she'll talk about in a moment, to make sure that the foundation and understanding of how to run a business is there. But also about people, which is the biggest component. Understanding how to deal with employees, how to deal with conflict management, how to deal with issues that come up because they do and make us stronger. God only gives us what we can handle. So we just have to make sure that we're continuing to look at it as blessing. How do I move it forward? Blessing. How do I move it forward? And it's about planning. So Connor, my son, is also planning to be in the operation side or the CEO is what he's working towards, which would be under Peter, who's a partner within our business. And we're developing a strategy for an effective transition. I guess the bottom line before I move it to Kaylee is this. I have to get out of their way. And it's so damn hard to do because I love what I do every day. And I only see retirement as a black hole. I don't see it as this, oh, I can golf every day and blah, blah, blah. I don't see that. If you said, want to play golf, go on a vacation to Europe or go to the office. I'd say, I want to go to the office. Because I love the people that I work with. I love what I do and always have after 43 years. I love it more today than I ever have. So I know I have to hang up the skates, but I have to do it in a progressive, logical way that I can transition into coach, transition more into dad, transition hopefully into grandpa. <laughs> That's a big one that I want. And so it's about change, but it's also about having the understanding and aptitude to get the hell out of the way at a certain time. And I think if more politicians and more people in certain positions would know when it's time to get out of the way, I think we'd have a better planet because the next gen is so much smarter than we are. They're so much better equipped than we are. And they're more sensitive to now than we are. So I'm looking forward to watching my kids push me out of the way. The way that I take that is two ways. One, it's exciting. The other is it's kind of sad because <laughs> I'm going to miss you. <laughs> no, I'm always stay. there. And as you've probably picked up on, I have incredibly huge shoes to fill. And it's taken a lot of discussion and conversation to really start to think that way and really plan ahead that way. My dad has created an amazing business that has improved our lives. Well, I'm we saying have. you because we're here we... together. Gibson has impacted lives of so many families in such an amazing way. And I just am so excited to be a part of that. But as a mentor and a role model, I feel very blessed. That's for sure, because I just want to be just like him. So <laughs> I'm just going to continue to be a sponge and learn everything I can. And as you mentioned, I'm serving on six different committees and two boards right now. So that's giving me a lot of exposure to different businesses and different areas. Areas, different 
people in different industries, which has been amazing. It's been at times a little bit heavy workload wise, uh, just to juggle everything, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I do love the chaos. And when I think about the future of the organization, I want to continue to make the same impact on families that we do today, if not make a greater impact. I want to continue to have such a level of sophistication and quality. I want to continue to improve the lives of all of our team and for us all to grow together and for every everyone to win. That's what I love about our organization is it's win-win. The client wins and we win. And I wish that there was more businesses and outcomes that reflected that way. Because I know that when I was younger, I did a brief stint uh, selling credit cards at Canadian Tire with a marketing team. And I absolutely hated it because I felt like I'm selling people things that they don't need. When I go into a sales meeting and I talk about swimming pools and backyard design and investing in an outdoor space, I'm just so excited. I just say, congratulations. I'm not even selling you at that point. I'm guiding you. I'm just helping you figure out what you need and how your family is going to enjoy this space. But because I enjoy it with my family the same way, I just know that it's just going to improve someone's life. It's going to improve a community's life, a family's life. So I'm just excited for them. So I love what we do. And as I look forward, I also would like us to maybe consider some more international work. I think I'd like to uh, some more distant builds. I think that would be really exciting and awesome. And I would like to have Gibson make more of an impact on swimming in Canada. Yeah. Well, that's something that I yeah. think would be so incredibly empowering and rewarding for our organization to make a great impact on the curriculum in Canada around swimming. I think that would be amazing. And another thing is commercial work. I would really love for us to get involved in some more commercial work. Unfortunately, something happened years ago where it went down a path of the lowest bid. And I've gone to so many hotels in Toronto, as well as different restaurants that have rooftop bars with pools. And when you're sort of an expert in that particular line of work, you can see things through a different lens. The average person might see, oh, there's a pool here. Awesome. But when you know quality and build, you can really identify some things that are a shame. And unfortunately, in a lot of commercial work these days, they're going for the lowest bid. And it's such a disservice. Totally. The builders and to those that are enjoying the products. So I would really love to somehow make an impact or for Gibson to make an impact on commercial work and how we can get more involved in that particular market to build some amazing projects that are built to last. For people who are listening, and Al's made a couple of comments around this, Kaylee, as you're speaking, the way your dad is looking at you, like the pride that is just coming through the screen because we record these via Zoom, I feel it. Like, and I feel those feelings bubbling up because, you know, I, same thing with my dad. That's so nice. And Ed, you must, because listening to Kaylee, I'm so positive about the future of your company. So you <laughs> must just feel so good. Obviously, you've done a really good job preparing your kids to take the company to the next level. But the level of pride coming from your face was just priceless. And we release a clip when this episode goes out. I'm going to ask Karen to send you the Zoom link of this edited copy for you guys can have for the rest of your time. And you can listen because honestly, watch it back with your family and the pride coming off your face is just unbelievable. Well, we've reached the part in the episode, which is one of my favorite parts. And I don't know if we discussed this beforehand, but Al has a bit of a philosophical question. It's his signature question. If you're okay with it, we'll get Al to throw it out there. And I have an idea. You probably have a, an awesome answer that I'd love to hear. And I know the audience will. So Al, take it away. 
Before I do, thanks for the plug about planning around, you know, your financial future and RSPs and all that. That wasn't planned. We didn't ask you to do that, but I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) So yeah, here's the question. A society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? I think on one side, what came to mind first is all of the pools. I believe that Gibson has been involved in over 15,000 projects. So those are technically trees that are planted because they're pieces of art that are there to last forever. And generationally, families are going to enjoy them, whether they installed that pool or not, whether they inherit that home or they buy that home. I think all of the pools are going to be enjoyed. And the impact of how many people are swimming in those roots is pretty exciting. Yeah, I would say all the families that work for us, it's had such a positive impact on their lives. We push strongly that our employees buy homes and we support them and financially help them buy homes because that is about the future building. And we have a fellow that works for us. Is He's from Iraq and his name is Gazwan. He's been working for us for 16, almost 20, pro- almost 20 years. But I pushed him very hard and several to buy a home. And he couldn't really understand why. I was saying that. And after he bought the home, which we financially helped him buy. And once he bought the home, I said, now your kids have a new standard and their standard is home ownership. So when they get out into the real world and they have a family, they're going to say, well, owning a home is like, well, my parents did. I'm going to as well. And that's about that future building of putting down roots, being committed to a society, committed to a community, committed to your family, by buying a home. And it puts people to work. It generates, I think, a lifetime and lifetimes of wealth building. So I think that would be probably a big part, if I was to say, putting down the roots. The other is our name. And our name is synonymous with pools and excellence. And it's also about community building. So I would think that the roots of our name as our corporate name, not just our family name, but our corporate name, as being someone that helps someone, but a company (laughs) that really helps communities and builds communities. So I I would say that would be a key thing. Well, this has been amazing. I loved your answer. I look forward to coming by your office and also visiting the diner with you. There you go. Yes, the Dundas Street Grill. We got to put it on blast. It's the Dundas Street Grill, Kipling and Dundas Street in Etobicoke. They're awesome. Wonderful. They're a beautiful family and wonderful people. We just love them. Every time that there's a Valentine's Day or it's Christmas (laughs) or it's Easter or it's this or it's that, we always go in there with gifts for them. I mean, they're just the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. They're just incredible people. We've got something to look forward to. Yeah, most definitely. I enjoyed this conversation so much. Thank you for joining us today and sharing everything about your history. Again, first father and daughter. So that's super exciting. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourselves or what you're doing at Gibson Pools? I think the easiest is gibsandpools.com. That's G-I-B-S-A-N pools, P-O-O-L-S.com. Give us a shout out on email through the website or feel free to call us 416-749-4361. If you're looking for some inspiration or to get to know us a little bit better, our Instagram is also a great resource. Oh, yes. And our Instagram is at G-I-B-S-A-N underscore pools, P-O-O-L-S. And we have lots of fun content on there to keep you engaged and get to know us a little bit better. 
All right, I'll be adding that one today. Okay, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, my friends, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining a conversation on LinkedIn. And as we clearly, clearly saw today, success leaves clues. See you next time.